Hello, this is Danielle Freitag with Jenna DeYoung, Real Talk Podcast, encouraging faith and inspiring restoration, sharing tips, tools, and talk. We're exploring a biblical worldview that empowers and prompts faith in action. season two and uh, episode 13 actually and uh, we have a special guest with us and are super super excited you guys I just have to share how uh, first my husband and I came to know um, Corey Russell and his wife Dana and uh, I and I want to start with a story Um, but you came to New Creation uh, World Outreach Church in Mankato Uh, Minnesota. And this was several years ago, um, probably about 2016 or 17, uh, somewhere in there, but you, you prayed for my husband and I, and specifically that we would, that we would have, um, that we would have a child and prayed, prayed over us. And, um, we adopted, um, we have a little girl named Hadassah. And I know that you also have, you have an Hadassah before that too, just, um, got to connect with a lot of the messages through the international house of prayer. Um, one thing, uh, Corey and I had gone to that several times, but you guys listening, I have to share a story and then I'm actually just going to hand it over to Corey this last weekend, or was it the weekend before I went to the Nazareth conference, met a couple girls there. It was a conference hosted by Corey and Dana and it was fire. And I just have to say, so I had just gotten over COVID and those listening, you heard my rant a couple episodes ago, how sick I was. Jesus healed me at that conference. I started to smell lilies. It was that last night. It was like the presence of like, I was right there. Jesus was right there with me. And he spoke over me about lilies. And I started to smell the scent of lilies. And he was like, my beloved, something like with lilies. And I started to smell and my sinuses just cleared up and I could smell again. I hadn't been able to smell for a month. (laughs) So it was such an incredible, it was such an incredible conference. Um, I don't even want to call it a conference. It was holy. It was so holy. And the messages were so good. Corey, thank you so much for that. Absolutely. Absolutely. Danielle, you and your husband have encouraged me many times over the last few years. And my goodness, man. Now the Lord met us. It was more than a conference. It was the birthing, I believe, of a movement that's going to fill the earth. Yeah. 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 And Danielle came home and I was like, what is a Nasherite? What is that? Because she had actually invited me, but it just wasn't going to work out for us to go. So I remember I like briefly, you know, kind of looked it up. But I don't know if it was from a place of revelation. And so I kind of wanted to ask you that question, Corey, like, what is a Nasherite? This is a very special club. <laughs> and so, uh, you know, it's it's based, it's kind of a story. And so uh, it's based on our, uh, a son, our son that we had in 2012. And we named him after a man by the name of Daniel Nash. And this man was an intercessor 
with Charles Spinney during the Second Great Awakening in upstate New York in the 1800s. And this man, along with another man, would forerun, go about two to three weeks ahead of Charles Finney's revival campaigns, and they would intercede. They would labor in prayer for the heavens to open over regions so that when Finney came to town, the word would go forth in power. And Finney attributed much of his success and give you an idea of the measures of success. They saw in an eight-week period in upstate New York during that season, 500,000 new converts came into the kingdom. I mean, have we ever seen anything like that? I'm talking about shutting down whole, there there are counties today that are still dry because of the power of God that swept through those regions. And, And in the impact of that man's life, so wrecked me and my wife, we said, let's have a son and let's name him Nash. And so we caught, we, he was born June 12, uh, June 26, 2012. Uh, and we named him Josiah Nash Russell. We called him Nash and it was glorious. We have three beautiful daughters. We had Nash and it was just census, such a sense of completeness. And, uh, um, and he was with us for nine and a half months at March 16th, 2013. I'm in London, England ministering. My wife takes uh, the kids down to see family in Arkansas lays him down for a nap and he doesn't wake up. Mm. And, you know, I get the call in London, England. It takes me 36 hours to get home. And we go on the journey over the last coming on nine years of the gut wrenching, earthquaking, God, where are you season? And uh, the Lord walked us through a journey. The Lord gave me specifically five Psalms that carry my and navigated my heart through the tragedy and through the storm and connected me with a bigger storyline that was going on. And so in, in one of the main Psalms was Psalm two, where it's G, the, Jesus is asking the father for his inheritance. You know, it's ask of me and I'll give the nations as your inheritance. Well, the interesting thing is that in Psalm two, the nations are raging over Jesus's inheritance. And so the Lord taught me in that season, Corey, your greatest places of warfare are to become your greatest places of inheritance. Yes. Ever you see the devil rage the most, that's the place to come out of the, uh, the chaos, the confusion and the craziness, make eye contact with the father and ask him to manifest his inheritance in that very place. And so for me, it was my marriage, my family, generations that I knew were in the balance in this moment. And, uh, and in that season of asking God for inheritance, a, a friend sent me a dream. And in the dream, the church was under siege as the cultural wars were increasing. And everyone ran into the church as we realized we don't know how to pray in these days. Well, I come into the dream smiling, saying, these are the days we've been waiting on. Mm. And then my friend began to prophesy over me in the dream. And he said, Corey, for every one voice of awakening, I'm going to raise up seven voices of intercession. He said it again, for every one voice of awakening, I'm going to raise up seven voices of intercession. And he says, I've given Lou Engel the Nazarites, but I'm about to raise up Nasherites. And the Nasherites will be an army of intercessors. They may not be known in the eyes of men, but they'll be famous in heaven. And I will hear their prayers and I will send revival to their cities, their families, their regions. And then, and, and, and God released that dream to me in 2015. And I said, God, give me 100 million Nasherites, 100 million that would be awakened 
and that a cry would be released for revival, for the inbreaking of God's power, for the salvation of Israel and the return of the Lord. And so I believe I, for, for, for six years, I just declared the dream while still waiting for my wife to fully get back in the game so that we could run together. Yeah. And that happened in the spring. She went into an encounter with God and she began to see the Nashorite army. And when she did that, I said, it's time to begin to gather. It's time to begin to call them forth. We've been building, which Danielle has been a part of an online school for the last two, two years. That's been powerful. Mm. And I knew that was the, the training and the discipleship and the theological training of it. But I knew there was a gathering component to this reality. And so we had our first one two weeks ago, November 12th. And it was the birthing, I believe, of a movement. It was more than a conference. It was a gathering. And it was a, a, a strong presence and glory of God resting on this. And I believe it's going to fill the earth. And so yeah, hopefully yeah. that answers what a Nasherite is. My birthday is March 16th. And so when you said that, that stuck out to me. And I, I believe my husband and I are Nasherites because our hearts are for revival. And um, I, uh, some of the most impactful times of my life have been in those hidden places with Jesus. You know, when you're unseen and you're just praying things out and you're just listening, not even, not even you're praying prayers, but more than that, you're quiet and you're listening, God, what are you saying? And then you repeat what God says, you know, and release it into the earth. And so thanks for sharing that. Yeah. Yeah. It's so good. And it was about 2015. I, the Lord told me, Danielle, you're going to, you're going to be an intercessor. And I was actually working, had an amazing career, licensed counseling, um, and the Lord told me that, that I was, I was actually going to leave that. It was amazing, but very time consuming. And, you know, I didn't tell anybody like I'm quitting my job so I can pray, but I look back and I can see how the Lord was bringing me into a lifestyle where prayer would be the most important or, or a prioritized priority. And I would spend, you know, time in the mornings, then like hours in the morning with Jesus praying and so when I heard this Nashorite message, it just really connected with it because it is, it is about, um, of course, intimacy with Jesus, but prayer. And of course, makes me think of how Mary lived her life, right? And um, just uh, in that place of sitting at the feet of Jesus, no matter the circumstances, no matter what's happening in life. Um, and so I'm so encouraged by both you and Dana and so encouraged by the books, you know, I've got, um, this is one of the books that we give, uh, the gals who come through, uh, the women who come through the program that teach us to pray. Um, and then there's, uh, the, the, the book you just wrote about tears. So I just finished, I finished that one on the plane on the way back from Dallas. So impactful, um, listeners, I just encourage you get in these books, and also we'll talk about this in a little bit, but get in community, whatever that looks like for you, because in these times to come and even now, right, there is, there is the Holy Spirit moving in these brothers and between brothers and sisters and community and where there's unity. And so Lord, I just thank you, right, for that unity. And I've found that, um, I've found unity and community in this online uh, group online courses that Corey has Corey that you put out. So thank you so much for that. 
The most recent course that you've been doing is on John 13 through 16. My absolute favorite book in the Bible is John 14. Yes. Um, you know, where Jesus is saying, my peace, my shalom, I give to you. I've connected with that in a deep way. But could you talk just a little bit about how Jesus, what is Jesus doing in, in John 13 and 14 in, in preparing his inner circle? And how is that relevant to now, today, and what's to come. Yes. Oh, um, yeah. I love it. I'm loving this course. We we just had our last live last night. Loving it. Um, Jesus has poured himself into these 12 young men. He's given himself to them, and they were with him day and night for three and a half years. I mean, they cha- he changed their lives. It, it, it changed everything, the trajectory of their lives. They were fishermen, tax collectors, zealots. They were on the, all the spectrum of the Jewish society. And Jesus called them and they left everything and they followed him. He gave himself to them and they understand he's the Messiah. But yet in their understanding, Messiah means you're going to remove all the oppression, all the political oppression And you're going to establish Israel and set up your throne in this land from where we will rule. And we're going to be your leadership team. So they were ready for the Jesus that was going to destroy Rome and establish the kingdom of David on the earth. And Jesus is throwing a wrench in their paradigms because he's got saying, I'm coming again. And I'll do that the second time. But my first coming is about dealing with the tyranny of the human heart, which is sin. And he and and they can feel Jesus has poured into them for three and a half years, and he brings them to this last night. He brings them to the, to the table, and he is preparing them for the greatest transition of their lives. It's and and he is preparing them for the when the unexpected comes to your life, when tragedy comes to your life, when the unexpected comes to your life, and Jesus is securing and stabilizing fearful hearts for an hour of transition. Yeah. And that's what he's doing through the whole night. He's strengthening them. He's stabilizing them. He's securing them because he's saying, guys, I'm leaving, but I want you to know it's actually going to get better for you. And I want to bring you into something deeper, one with God, but then two, I want you to look at each other with each other. I want, I want, I want to, I want a, a greater love here and a greater love here. And that's what he's doing. And I, and I picture John 13 through 17 as Jesus's deathbed speech. You know, on the deathbed, everything that's important is important. There's not one wasted word in John 13 through 17. There's not one wasted phrase. Every phrase has volumes, has libraries behind it of impact. And we will be feeding from this. And I believe in the same way Jesus prepared these young men for the for the, the great transition up until that time, his death, resurrection, ascension, and the birth of the church. So I believe it's what he's saying to the end time church, because we're moving into the greatest transition of human history, which is the return of our king, mm-hmm. the removal of all the kingdoms of this world, and the establishing of his kingdom on the yes. earth. Yes, it's a great transition, and this is what he is doing to prepare his bride at the end of the age. Jesus, right? Preparing, shepherding, pastoring. (laughs) 
So good. So good. The, 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 there's a couple of phrases I've just been um, soaking in just right in, in 13, how Jesus is saying, you are clean. You are clean this morning. I was just saying that like, Jesus, I'm clean. Like you make me clean. Like that's in Christ. What, what a new identity we receive in Christ to be clean, no matter what was, um, no matter the things that we did in Christ, a new relationship with Christ. He, he makes me clean. I was telling Jenna, I'm like, Jenna, we're clean. (laughs) This is awesome, Danielle. We could talk about every phrase, but this is the point. I want to say to all your listeners. Do you know how to let Jesus serve you? And a lot of times, how good are you at letting other people serve you? Mm. I would say your ability to let people serve you is related to how well you receive the gospel. Wow. Jesus starts that night off by saying, unless you let me wash your feet, you have no part with me. And I want to call us into letting Jesus serve us so we can join him. Wow. And then we can be free from competition and comparison so we can do it for others. So good. So good. Yes. And and what does it mean then? What what would you say? What does it mean to then wash one another's feet? Right. Because he, he says, I'm washing your feet, but I'm giving you an example. You also ought to wash one another's feet. What does that look like? What does that mean? And Jenna and I were actually talking about that, you know, with our talking about in relationship to our spouses, you know, in marriage and in, but then also um, between brother and sister or between sisters or between brothers. What does that look like? I think a simple practical definition is championing. I don't even know how to say the word championing Mm -hmm. someone else's destiny more than your own. Mm. Yeah fighting for someone else's breakthrough in prayer, in encouragement, in whatever means you have to make that happen, fighting for their breakthrough more than your own. Because I don't know about you, when I'm having an issue with someone, some of the stuff inside of me is I don't want things to go right for them. Mm, (laughs) I want it to go hard for them, which means that's the opposite of what Jesus is calling us into, which deals the death blow to competition and comparison and envy and jealousy so that we can wash each other's feet because it's about the feet, their journey, their path. So that's, that's, the, that's the first time I've, I've getting that connection It's about their path and their journey. Yes. Yes. It's about their feet. It's about where they walked and where they're walking. Well, I just was thinking when you were talking, um, when it comes to how we view others, um, I think it has a lot to do with humility too. You know, that when we get the eyes to see someone as Jesus sees them, right. And we're not prideful and we realize that we don't have anything good because of our, because we earned it or merit or anything like that, but it's simply just because of Jesus. It gives us a different view on other people. We're, we're able to see them as Jesus sees them, even though we're talking frustration or why did they do that? Or, you know, things like that, all of that, I feel like is rooted in pride, you know? And so I feel like it has a lot to do with humility increasing, you know, in our hearts. And, you know, Danielle, when we were talking, I just felt before, before this, I just felt the Holy spirit so thick on this, but it's like, 
you know, we can't because we're talking about love, right? And loving our spouses and loving others. I just felt the Holy Spirit come and he said, you know, the prize for which we run our race is love, you know? And so our race, you know, is our calling, is our divine calling, you know? And so the, the, the reason which we run that, the reason which we fulfill that, why we walk that out is for love, to be love, to know love, to experience love. And so sometimes we can get so caught up on, you know, ourself, you know, when it's really others and Jesus and. Absolutely. I, I want to say this because I think that's the core issue is humility. But I, what I love about John 13, Jesus' ability to, to be connected to revelation that one, all things had been given to him. Number two, he had come from God. And number three, he was going to God. Humility is not thinking less of yourself. It's thinking of yourself less. It's being freed from you so you can serve others. And this is the point. It's not about, oh, little me, I'm so messed up. No, it's actually revelation that you already have everything. It's, it's actually revelation that all things have been given to you in Christ and that you are secure in him and that you are rich in him. Rich, when you understand how rich you are in Christ, you understand that by you serving somebody else, you're not losing anything. You're actually, you're free to go to the lowest place because we're not dealing with a, a small God that for me to give something to you means I lose something from him. Yeah. Come on. Yeah. Anyway. So good. So good. It's actually making me think too. And Jenna, you and I, we've talked a lot about this, but it talks about Isaiah 58. I'm reminded of Isaiah 58 and what the true fast looks like, right? The, the way that we loose the bonds, the way that we stop speaking wickedness of one another, the way that we serve and love. And, and that's just what I want, you know, for, for my life and those listening, um, just pray that you be encouraged in, in loving one another. And I just truly see, right. Like collectively we're moving into the season where we must unify and we must put away the, right. Like the wicked talk of one another and the, um, like fighting for position and all of that it's being done away with it's time, right. Moving into love and into unity. And so I'm so encouraged, Corey. Um, and, and I've just been like, I know you guys with the courses you've been doing, you did like bam, 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 John 13, 14, 15, 16. I'm still, I'm still in John 13 in the first couple. <laughs> yeah, you don't leave. Hey, stay there. Just stay there. <laughs> this is where I am. So maybe I'll get to the other parts. Like I've started so many of the courses that I'm like, I'm just getting zoned in on one part. So I got to go back and there's just, it's so good. There's so much. And I just, I want to share on that. We have just a, a few minutes. I'm going to ask you one more question. Um, but you know, listeners, Back in is it 2019 in the fall, um, I had gone to South Africa. I was helping out at a, a safe home uh, there for women who had come out of um, sex trafficking, exploitation. And I was there for about two months. I didn't really have uh, at that time much of a community, although one was built. But at that time, found out about this Corey Russell online. And the first 
course was the teach us to pray. It was so good. It was fire. I was just, that, that was my community and connected in. And, um, that course is one of, I believe 21 courses. So when you become a member, or if you just want to check it out, um, the Corey Russell online, there are, you have access to 21 courses. It's like prayer, fasting, um, talking about working through grief, um, teach us to pray in 40 days, leadership. There's just so much in there. And you're coming up on Corey, the 22nd course, which could you talk about that a little bit? And then I'm going to just uh, share where people can find the Corey Russell, but could you talk about the one that's coming up? Yeah. Yeah. I'm really excited. My spiritual father, Mike Bickle, and I are going to be doing a three night online mini conference, three consecutive nights, December 6th, 7th and 8th. And it's going to all be online. And, and, and we're going to look at three faces of Jesus that are going to be highly manifested in the generation of his coming. The first night, we're going to look at the bridegroom. The second night, we're going to look at the king. And the third night, we're going to look at the judge. And these three faces of Jesus, and I believe they're critical for the church in this hour, as well as the whole earth. This is how he's coming as a jealous bridegroom, as a righteous king, and as a, as a, as a, a, as a jealous judge. He's coming to remove everything that hinders love. And he's coming to confront everything that stands in the way of love. And, and, and I believe this is so important. This is messages I heard back in the late 90s from him. And uh, it's been just growing over the last decade. I, I want to invite everyone to jump in and join us for this course. I believe it's going to rock you. And I am got such uh, anticipation in my heart for it. It's going to be good. I'm super excited. And, you know, for those listening um, right now, I know there's a right, like a 25% off uh, annual membership and then a 50% off uh, your first month um, with a code give thanks. And you can find that like Corey Russell online.com and yeah. uh, lots of books and just a lot going on. So, yeah. It's 20 courses, but then you've got the lives. We do three, one hour lives a month. So we're looking at hundreds of hours of content, mm -hmm. hundreds of hours of content. And it, it's the Lord's just breathing on it. It's, it's beautiful. Yeah. And that unity, and you had said this uh, yesterday during the live, but that unity, I, I really experienced that coming to the, the, the gathering. I don't even want to call it a conference, the holy gathering. Like I felt that there. Yes. What's that? I said, no, I've been told let's move it together. Yeah. 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 So good. So, um, so thank you so much, um, Corey, for, for joining us, just, uh, both you and Dana are such an encouragement, um, for my husband and I, and we just bless you, um, bless your family. And, uh, gosh, I had more questions, but we don't, <laughs> we're trying to keep it, you know, Do we try to more. keep it a certain amount. Do yeah. What's that? Do one more. One more. Okay. Okay. One more question. Now this one, this is a heavy one though. I mean, this might lead into like a whole nother podcast, um, but your, your, your husband, your father, can you talk about just, just for a moment here, talk about, and this is a weighted question. How do you raise up your daughter, to know, <laughs> your daughters to know Christ? Yes. Yeah. It's a great question. I think at the end of the day, who you are, is what's going to prophesy and speak the most. And that 
if they see dad the same at home with the same convictions as he is on a stage, it's going to remove all the hypocrisy and they're going to be like, that's the stuff that I want. Like I've already, you know, all, I mean, I'm talking about all the mess ups at home when you've spoken wrong to them and I'm sorry, the, the times of, go, of, of, of walking in on you in prayer, the times of the way you treat your wife, Mm. The way that you speak to your wife, the way that you defend your wife, the way that you correct them. So I believe that the greatest message is one, you're, you're not a fake and you're not a stage person. You are who you are. Yeah. And, and, and I think, you know, it's just, it's just who I am and there is no difference. Um, yeah. But I think the second thing is, and, and I, I'm growing as a dad, my, um, I, I, I've really sought to be close to them, a lot of proximity, being with them for all that. I mean, I've traveled a lot for the last 16, 17 years. Um, but I would say two things. One is being with them, just the time, the thousands of CVS and Walmart runs and all the little errands and all the thousand of pickup. My favorite job is picking up kids from school, taking them to school. All the little dry, all the little things in between the thousands of little conversations, and then getting them into the presence, having them encounter God for real, the fire of the Holy Spirit, the the, the power of the glory of God, and be putting them in atmospheres where it's more than a nice service, but they get hit by the power of God. I've got videos on my laptop of my kids in full-on trances and visitations. And it was because I got them into the atmosphere and they get marked. When you have raw encounters with God, you're never the same. And so I, I think it's one, being real. Number two, uh, being close. And number three, putting them in places of encounter. And then just apologizing a lot when you blow it. <laughs> That's good. Yeah. So good. Thank you for that. So good. Well, blessings. I'm so encouraged and just, um, from, you know, hoping for and praying for a deeper intimacy with Christ, loving better and, uh, you know, raising my daughter, um, to, to know Christ, getting her right in the atmosphere and getting her in the places where she can be marked. Um, yes. just so encouraged. So thank you so much, Corey. You want to, Hey, you want to pray? Could you want to pray us out? Lord, I thank you. Lord, I thank you for Danielle and Jenna. I thank you for what is it? Action 69, 169. Yes, sir. Action 169. This is based out of Acts 16.9. It is. Yes. Oh Lord. The Macedonian call. Lord, I thank you, Lord. I just pray your blessing over action 169 over Danielle, Corey, Hadassah, Jenna, her husband, and her family. God, I pray your grace, your anointing, wisdom, counsel, that you would fill them with the knowledge of your will and all wisdom and spiritual understanding and that they would fully please you and that they would be fruitful in this work. God, thank you for the Macedonian call, God, to, to women, to children. God, I thank you, Lord, for these women and the, and the mandate upon their life. I bless them. I pray that you would gather people around them and that you stir hearts and that to hold their hands up in this endeavor. God, I bless them in the name of Jesus. 
Amen. 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 Amen.